Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. All right, come on, Love City Church. Happy Sunday. So glad you guys are here with us this morning. Happy second day of spring. Come on, somebody. I said something like four weeks ago that spring was coming and the weather has been so nice and bam, spring is here. So you're welcome. I got your back on that one, but come on. I hope you guys have been enjoying the warm weather. I was able to go out for a hike yesterday and stay in a t-shirt. So come on, God is good. The weather is warm. People are suntanning. So good. Summer is coming. But it's spring, so we're going to enjoy it and then wait for summer to come, of course. But come on, I'm so excited to be with you guys here this morning. We're in our series called Spirit Lead Me, and it has been so powerful. So if you guys have missed the first few weeks, I encourage you, go back and listen. Go back and listen to what Pastor Ryan talked about, the Holy Spirit leading us, and Andrew talking about um, the life that we have when we follow our flesh. But then, thanks goodness, there's Jesus. And now today, I'm super excited to be able to talk to you guys about the fruit of the Spirit. And I know this is something that has greatly impacted my life and my walk with Jesus and my relationship with other people. So I really, really hope that there's just a little nugget that you can get today that'll impact your life and turn your life around too. So come on. We're going to go right into it, into our text in Galatians chapter 5. So we're going to start off with this transition word, this word, but. So Paul is saying, this is what the life of the flesh looks like. But now this is what the life of the Holy Spirit looks like, what it looks like to live led by the Spirit. And it's totally different than the life of the flesh. So if this is what the life of the flesh look like, looks like, but this is what the life in the Spirit looks like. And so this is what we're talking about this week, what, it, what our life will look like when we make that choice to live by the Spirit instead of choosing to live by our flesh. And I just want to start real quick just by saying that this is a life that God wants to give us. It's something I've been learning about that there's no trick, there's no condition, there's no, like, there's never a point where God does not want to give you this life. That God wants to give you a life defined by the Spirit. He wants to give you a life defined by love, joy, peace, patience. It's His good and pleasing will for you. And, and this is a life that you actually can experience. So it's something that God wants you to experience and it's something it's a type of life that you actually can experience today right now every single day you can experience this life that God wants to give you but in order to receive this life that God wants to give us we have to choose to receive life from the Holy Spirit and then to continue to invest in that life there's a choice we have to make to receive life from the Spirit and to choose to continue to invest in that life being led by the Holy Spirit Spirit. And so we see this in the imagery Paul uses here in verse 19. He uses this imagery of fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So in contrast to the life of the flesh, this is the life of the Spirit. And he uses this word fruit, which is the Greek word karpos. And this might be mind-boggling to some of you guys, but what this fruit, what this word means, it's what is produced from crop-bearing plants and trees. So it's the harvest that comes from a specific type of plant and tree that is created to bear a specific kind of fruit. Blew my mind to pieces. I thought it was amazing. So the only thing I know about free trees is the one that I have in my backyard and it makes tiny apples that are super sour. So that's all I really knew about fruit trees before and I didn't really like to eat it or really knew. But as I started 
diving into this idea of what is this imagery Paul is using? What spiritual reality is he trying to express by using this imagery of a natural thing that we see in our world of a fruit tree? So as I started diving into this idea of fruit trees and how they produce fruit, I came across a super interesting thing about them. And it's the truth that fruit trees don't actually have the ability to regulate their own ability to produce fruit. So just because an apple tree is an apple tree does not mean that it'll be able to produce apples all the time. Does that make sense? So a fruit tree cannot regulate its ability to produce its own fruit. But what makes a fruit tree able to produce fruit is the amount of time it's exposed to the sun. So it's the amount of time that it's receiving life from the sun will determine its ability to produce, not only just produce fruit, but produce good quality fruit. And so we see this right here in this kind of picture here. We see that in order for a gala tree to produce gala apples, it needs at least 100 days exposed to the sun, 100 days of receiving life from the sun in order to produce that gal apple, in order to produce that fruit. And then different type of fruit takes different type of length. And the longest one is the Braeburn apple, which takes a minimum of 230 days of receiving life from the sun in order to receive or, or in order to produce that fruit. So in order to produce fruit, a tree needs to receive a certain amount of life that only the sun can give it. And if that tree doesn't receive that life from the sun, it can't produce fruit. Or it won't produce good quality fruit that is enjoyable for people to eat. So in the same way as an apple tree producing its apple fruit, we will only be able to produce fruit in our lives if we choose to receive life from the Holy Spirit. So Paul says that it's the fruit of the Spirit. So this can only be something that is produced by the Holy Spirit. It's not the fruit of Jesse. It's not the fruit of Kyle. It's not the fruit of Amanda or Andrew. Paul doesn't say it's, he doesn't say the fruit of ourselves is, because that's what we talked about last week was the acts of the flesh, what our flesh, what ourselves can make, but it's the fruit of the Spirit, which means it can only come from the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is necessary to give us life so that we can produce this fruit, so that we can experience a life defined by all these things of love, joy, peace that we'll look at a little bit later. So if we don't receive this life from the Spirit, then we will not be able to produce fruit. Just the reality of it. And we see this in John chapter 6, verse 63. In the NIV, it says, the Spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. And this is really cool. This word flesh that Jesus says is the exact same word that Paul uses in Galatians 5. It's the Greek word sarks, which is that part of us that elevates our own selfish desires above anyone or anything else. It's that part that Andrew talked about last week that is prone to sin and opposed to God. So we see our flesh can't do anything. Our flesh cannot give any sort of life, but it's the spirit that gives life. It's the spirit that imparts eternal life into our lives so that we can produce and give that same life to other people. And then in John 6, 63, in the message real quick, this is what they say. The spirit can make life, but sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. 
So come on, there has to be this moment in our, in our lives where we come to realize we can't do it on our own. We may be a good person with good morals, able to do good things and random acts of kindness now and, and then, or a, parent, or a person who's just really naturally kind, bless you if you're naturally kind like that, but on our own, we cannot produce any sort of life. So there has to be this moment in our lives where we say, okay, I can't do this on my own. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to give me life. I need you to show me what this eternal life is. We have to choose to humble ourselves and to repent. So we have to we have to have this moment of choosing from instead of walking this way where it's all about me and I'm finding life in myself and what I can do, we have to choose to turn the other way and say, you know what? I may be able to have a good life, but not a God-sized life if I'm living, finding life in myself. And we have to choose to repent and turn the other way and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to choose to find life in you. I'm going to choose to receive your life, even though it's something I can't do on my own. I'm going to choose to receive your life. And the cool thing is, is it's not this really wacko thing that we, a type of life that we can't really explain and we don't really know what it is. But the Holy Spirit's job is to always point us back to Jesus. So when we choose to receive life from the Holy Spirit, we're choosing to receive eternal life that Jesus gives us. A life of forgiveness, redemption, freedom, self-control, all these really cool things. So it's this, this choice of repentance, of finding, from finding life in myself to finding life in the Holy Spirit and ultimately choosing to find our life and receive life from Jesus. And so then just like as apple trees, the fruit is the natural overflow of the life it receives. The fruit of the Spirit is the natural overflow of the life of the Spirit in us. Let me, let me say that one more time. The fruit of the Spirit is the natural overflow of the life of the Spirit that is active in us. So good. So come on, what's this fruit? What is going to be this natural overflow of the life of the Holy Spirit in us? We see it first in love. That's the first thing. And it's this Greek word agape, which is this Christian brotherly love to love based on somebody's regarded value. So what happens is on the inside, when we start to receive life from the Holy Spirit, we start to experience this love that God has for us. We start to understand the value and the, and the love that, that we have in Jesus. And then on the outside, we begin to express that love by being able to love others and see them as with the regarded value that they have in Jesus. And we'll begin to treat them that way. So it's this natural overthrow from the love we see from the Holy Spirit. We'll be, get, be able to give that love to other people. Come on, well, we're going to go through these real quick. So buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. The next one is joy, which is the Greek word kara, which means gladness, a state of rejoicing and happiness. So what happens is on the inside, when we receive life from the Holy Spirit, we begin to have this an unexplainable sense of happiness. We're just glad with life how it is. We, we're not continually searching for the next thing to make us happy, but we're just happy where we are. And then what happens is in the face of rejection and struggle or whatever we're facing in life, 
We'll be able to rejoice because of Jesus. We'll be able to always have a smile on our face and be able to just laugh and have fun no matter what season of life that we're in because of this fruit of the Spirit joy. And this is one of my favorites. I remember when I was a kid and I didn't have Jesus in my heart, I was super angry. And then the moment I gave my life to Jesus, this joy, unexplainable joy started to bubble up in my spirit. And then as I started to invest in my relationship with Jesus more and more, joy became a defining factor in my life. And it's not because I did anything. I was once known for anger, but now people know me as a joyful person. And that's all because of the life of the Holy Spirit. So that's what he can do in your life too, which is really cool. Okay, next one. Whoops, we're going on to peace. Come on, I don't even know how to say this. Irene, Irene, Antirene, I don't know. But so we got peace. It's the Greek word shalom, which is harmony, tranquility, welfare, health, a freedom from worry. So on the inside, we'll have this, just like this peace that surpasses understanding. So no matter what happens in life, there's just something on our, on our inside that's just calm. Like Andrew said, we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we know our Heavenly Father's got it. So we don't, we're not worried on the inside. We're not turbulent on the inside, but we're just calm and peaceful. And then on the outside, we don't have to rush or worry to make anything happen on our own. But we can just wait and just rest in the life that we have right now knowing that God's got tomorrow. Come on, sounds pretty awesome. And we'll be able to move when God tells us to instead of trying to make it happen on our own. Come on, and then we got patience. Uh, Macrothymia, maybe. Not a Greek scholar, but that's going to be my guess if I can say it the English way, macrothymia, which means patience, calm, self-restraint, and tolerance. So in, inside, we still feel this calm. When our kids are running around being crazy, trying to yell at us, Mom, Mom, I need you. I was that kid. Mom, Mom, Carlene, I need you. You know, when we have those kids running around us inside, instead of getting frustrated, we just start to feel this calm and we realize they're just kids. Or when we're waiting in Starbucks for in the drive-thru line, we have this calm knowing I'm committed to this line anyway, so I'm going to be late to work, so I might as well not worry about it. So we inside, we just have this calm that takes over our impatience. And then on the outside, we're able to be patient with others. So instead of getting frustrated or act rashly towards others because we want what we want now, we'll be able to say, you know what? Now, not now, whenever, it's okay. I'm just going to be patient with this person who may not understand this in the moment. I'm just going to choose to be calm, restrain my frustration, restrain my impatience, restrain me wanting to have it right now, and just to be patient. Come on, super cool. The next fruit we see is kindness, which is the Greek word crestates, maybe. So it's benevolence. Whoa, that was fancy. So it's benevolence, kindness, be able to provide something as an act of kindness. So come on, this is when on the inside, we just start to be kind. We just want to start doing things for other people just because no agenda, no nothing. We just want to be kind and to give to other people. And so then on the outside, we express it and just being able to give without expectation. That's what that looks like on the outside real quick. And then we'll move on to goodness, which is the Greek word agathosine. <laughs> I'm a pastor, I swear. But I'm going to give up on the Greek. So if you're intellectual and you want, you can just look at this word here. That's the Greek word, but I'm going to give up on that for now. Okay, and it's defined as goodness, generosity for another. So inside, you just have this overflowing want to just give. You know that you have something, whatever you have, you know it can provide for somebody's needs. And so instead of trying to um, get things and claim things for yourself. You just want to give it all. Nothing's your own. You, you just want to give to other people. So on the outside, you start to give where there's a need. 
which has happened in the early church. Remember when the early church started to uh, pursue Jesus and people were getting saved and baptized, what did they do? They met people's needs. They were, they were a good church. They had generosity for one another instead of trying to keep for themselves. They said, you know what? You have a need. I have this. I'm, I'll meet your need. Here you go. No strings attached. Have, like, have fun. You're good. So that's goodness. The next one is faithfulness. And in the Greek word, it means faithfulness, trustworthiness, a state of complete dependability, a promise, a pledge to be faithful. So come on, on the inside, what happens when we receive life from the Holy Spirit and we begin to experience faithfulness is we know that our God is faithful. We know that he's a God who keeps his word to us. He keeps his promise to us. So then on the outside, we begin to want to keep our word with other people. If we give a commitment to somebody, even though we don't feel like it, we're gonna follow through on it because God is producing faithfulness in us. It means that our yes is yes and our no is no. We don't go back on our word. So even though we may want to back out on something, we don't and we show up because we know that our God is faithful and he's calling us to be faithful to one another. Come on, almost there. Second last one, we've got gentleness, which is the Greek word, I'm not even going to try, protes, which means gentleness, meekness, or humility. So again, this is on the inside. You're not proud. You don't consider yourself above other people. You're, Jesus even said that he is meek and humble in heart, which means that he doesn't force his way on us. He doesn't press himself or his wants or his will onto us, but he just responds to us where, where we're at. And he doesn't try to force anything onto us. And so on the outside, we start to become the type of person that's not a bull in the china shop trying to get our way, trying to say, oh, you're wrong. This is what I want to do right now. No, we're gentle. We're meek. We're humble. Humble, and we don't push ourselves onto other people or our agenda onto other people and we're able to just meet them where they're at. Really cool. And the last one here is self-control. This one's probably my favorite. I love it. And it's just self-control or control of oneself. Okay, self-control, control of oneself. Or it's the self-restraint as to one's desires and lusts. Wow, the self-restraint to your desires and lust. So on the inside, Andrew talked about this last week, we start to feel this desire that those old habits and those old things we didn't want to do or we used to do, we don't even want to do anymore. It's just this kind of idea where when we're faced with a temptation or we're faced with an old habit, there's this something that springs up in us. It's like, ooh, I don't even want to. Or there's just like this no word that comes up in our spirits. Like, oh, actually don't go there. You have this ability to restrain yourself and to not act on your desire or your temptation. And so on the outside, you're able to say no to yourself. You're able to say no to your desires, to those temptations. Instead of hurling an angry comment on somebody, you're able to say no to that. And or instead of going into and acting on an old addiction that you used to have, whether it's pornography or eating lots of food or whatever, you're able to just say no. That's pretty cool that a fruit of the Holy Spirit helps us live by the Holy Spirit instead of living by our flesh. We can say no to our flesh and say yes to the Holy Spirit. I think that's pretty cool. So we see this in this, these fruit of the Spirit. We see that the presence, the life of the Holy Spirit in us impacts our character, who we are on the inside, and then it overflows into who we are on the outside. It begins to have an overflow in how we treat one another, how we interact with each other in community, how we treat our kids, how we treat our husbands, our coworker that's really annoying, which is really cool that the fruit of the Spirit, receiving life from the Holy Spirit, transforms who we are on the inside and then who we are on the outside to other people. 
And so it's because of this presence of the Holy Spirit and the life he gives, there's a natural shift in our heart. So who we are on the inside that gives, produces a natural shift in our hands and what we do on the outside, Just really cool. And I'm gonna share a little bit of a story of me and my parents and living with my parents. Some of you may not know, I'm 24, I live with my parents and I just wanna say I'm super grateful for them. They're amazing. Not a lot of parents will let their 21 year old daughter move back home after quitting college to pursue ministry. Like why parents do that? So they've been super generous and awesome to me. But being an adult living at home, you can imagine that there's just gonna be a natural conflict that happens, a natural tension. And I don't know if you're married and you've gone over to your in-law's house and you look at your spouse and all of a sudden they're acting how they did as a kid. There's like this in reverse that starts to happen. The longer you spend there, the more they become like a kid. And you're like, what the heck's happening? It's just something that happens. And so I experienced in my life where I was on fire for Jesus and then I moved in back in with my parents and I saw this like natural progression backwards into how I interacted with them when I was a kid, getting frustrated or angry or, you know, just, mom, I need this. Why aren't you doing this for me? You know, and just like being so selfish and going back to how I was, uh, how I was as a kid. And there came a day where I decided, I just knew, I was like, this is not what God wants for me living at home. It's for me to be selfish. So I decided one morning, I woke up and I was like, hey, today I'm going to be patient. Instead of getting frustrated with my dad when he's in the kitchen getting coffee when I want to be getting coffee, I'm just going to be patient. So I'd walk upstairs, going upstairs to the kitchen, choosing in my mind, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient, making my coffee. My dad comes outside and automatically I'm irritated. I'm just like, oh man, shoot, five more minutes. Just got to be patient. Got to be patient. I can't deal with it anymore. I'm going to run back downstairs to my little room and just whew, get out of the situation. Sweet. I was patient for five minutes. Awesome. Not really patient. Irritated on the inside, but trying to be patient on the outside. Or I'd come home from work one day and be like, hey, I'm going to love my parents. I'm just going to serve them in a simple way by maybe doing dishes for them. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it today and it's going to be awesome. And so I'd try to serve them, try to do the dishes and then there'd be this irritation again that popped up inside of me that'd be like, it'd be so much easier to love them if they just had less dishes. <laughs> so much easier, right? It'd be so much easier to serve them if they just did it themselves, which doesn't make sense. And so I had to realize there came a point where I was like, wow, on my own, in, in my own flesh and on my own effort, I can't do anything I can't produce any fruit of the Spirit because there's this underlying level of selfishness still popping up in me. I still had that selfish life trying to take control and I couldn't produce good quality fruit in relationship with my parents. So there came a moment where I had to choose, instead of trying to do it on my own, I had to just stop every single day and choose to receive life from the Holy Spirit saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, I need you to give me life right now so I can give them life. And so day by day, little by little, I saw a shift and a change start to happen in my life and my heart where instead of being patient for five minutes, I could be maybe patient for a day. And then the next day, maybe there wasn't a lot of patience and it was just always this back and forth. Or one time I, I, I would try to serve them and do the dishes and instead of being irritated, I would just start to find joy in it. Little by little, it wasn't every single day, but it was a little by little experience of me choosing to find life in the Holy Spirit that started to bring this change, this natural overflow that I didn't, even, I didn't even have to try to make it happen. It just happened in my life because I was looking to Jesus first instead of myself first. 
So come on. And it's just not this one-time choice of receiving life from the Holy Spirit. We can think, sweet, I gave my life to Jesus and now I was 10 and I'm still not patient. What up? Like, Holy Spirit, I thought I was supposed to receive your life. But we also have to choose to sow into the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us this in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 9. He says, do not be deceived. God can't be mocked, so he can't be tricked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, that Greek word sarks again. So whoever sows invests to please their selfish desires, what they want from the flesh, they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit, they will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So come on, we see this, it has to be this continual life of repentance. So instead of choosing to sow into our flesh and invest into what we want and our desires and our attitudes or whatever, we have to choose to turn from that and say, okay, now I'm going to invest in the Holy Spirit. And, and sowing and investing takes real intentionality. My sister right now is planting seeds. She's getting ready to have a, a cut garden where she makes like fun bouquets and full of flowers. And it's so awesome. And she was showing me all of her little seeds on FaceTime, this like egg carton full of seeds and dirt. It was crazy. And she was telling me this seed for this plant has to go this far into the dirt at this place and you have to water it so often. But then this other seed for this different plant has to stay on top of the soil. So she had to be super intentional of recognizing what seed she was trying to plant and where she was putting it in the soil. It's not just like a haphazard, like, oh, maybe a little bit here, maybe a little bit there, because then some plants may not be sowed in the proper way to actually reap a harvest. And so it's the same way with us and the Holy Spirit. We have to intentionally invest where we're putting our time, where we're putting our money, where we're putting our attitudes. Where are we investing so that we can reap a harvest of eternal life? It takes intentionality and effort to do that. And so how do we invest in the Holy Spirit? First, we see we have to read and meditate on the word. Psalm 1 says this real quick. It says, blessed is the person who meditates on the word of God day and night. That person is like a tree, same imagery, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. So even just by reading the word of God every single day, you'll be able to produce the fruit in the season you need it. That's pretty cool. Just by reading our, the, our Bible every day and receiving life from the Holy Spirit, that doesn't seem too hard. We can all read a verse of the Bible or a chapter every single day, right? Come on, so good. You'll be able to produce the fruit in the season that you need it. Come on, the next one is prayer and worship. We can, when we come to church on a Sunday, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, his presence, his life is there with us. And right now we're in this reality where we can't be in person at Cardell. And I think God knows that. So even by you signing on today and choosing to tune on to YouTube or Facebook or whatever, you're gathering in the house of God right now. We're gathered together in our living rooms, singing the same songs, hearing the same message, praising and worshiping the same God all together. Come on, that's so cool. And we have to remember that it's not just a Sunday thing. Remember in week one, Pastor Ryan shared this verse. Um, he says that the, Holy, the presence of the Holy Spirit goes with you. So it's not a physical location, but it's based on our position in Christ. And in John 14, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. You know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. 
come on, prayer and worship. We can also invest into the Holy Spirit by being a part of community, by joining a group, being vulnerable with one another, saying, guys, I'm really struggling with patience. Will you pray for me? Help me to receive life from the Holy Spirit right now. Speak truth over my life. Um, and we can do that in our groups, sharing that together, fighting the good fight together is how we receive life from the Holy Spirit. And to be part of a team when we come back in person or broadcast team right now, however you want to be involved in community, that's a way to receive life and to be investing into that life of the Holy Spirit. Come on, the, the fourth thing, it also means investing into the Holy Spirit also means choosing to listen to the Holy Spirit, choosing to walk by the Spirit step by step. It means choosing to be patient and loving and kind, choosing to have that self-restraint or that self-control, even though we may feel like we just want to be angry or be impatient, or we just want to do that old habit. We have to, as soon as we feel that fruit of the Spirit bubbling up, we got to choose it. We got to choose to listen to the Holy Spirit, to choose joy instead of what we're focusing on or what we're worried about, to choose peace to choose to be kind to the coworker that's constantly saying a sarcastic remark and you just want to just rip a new, him a new one and say, man, you're actually not that great. You know, why are you so proud about how you work? Like you don't even do that much. You have to choose to be kind. You have to choose to listen to the Holy Spirit when he's bringing that kindness into your heart and onto the surface. You have to choose to invest in that and follow that kindness, follow that peace, follow that joy. And the cool thing is, is that when we invest in the life of the Holy Spirit, Paul says in Galatians 6, there's a promise. It says, you will receive eternal life. From the Spirit, you will experience life. It's a promise. It's a promise that if we invest in the Holy Spirit, at some point, we will receive life. At some point, there's a change that's going to happen. And we don't have to do it on our own. We just have to choose to invest in the Holy Spirit and receive his life. And then at some point, we'll begin to actually experience that change and that transformation. And it's important to see here, he says, let us not become weary. Don't give up in doing good. Don't give up in investing in the Holy Spirit. Don't give up in being kind. Don't give up in being patient or in having self-control because it's fruitfulness is a process. It's little by little, day by day. And a fruit trees actually take three years to produce any good fruit. So you think if you produce, if you plant a tree, it's going to bear fruit. We see this in years one and two. These little shoots start to grow in, in year one, which is just showing there, there's a potential of fruit and then we get these little buds which is the start of fruit so the more is happening in the first two years of a fruit tree more is happening on the inside getting it ready to be able to produce fruit more is happening on the inside and then in year three plus it actually produces the fruit there's little small guys little baby fruit that start here but then that fruit grows into big fruit that can actually start to give life to other people and so this happens in our life. It's a process where maybe in the first two years of becoming a Christian, more is happening on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit's just starting to give us life and show us who we are. And we're starting to repent and realize who Jesus says we are. Getting ready for that year three where we'll be able to show love, show joy and peace and kindness and patience to other people. And that's the cool thing is we can only give the life that we receive. So if we're trying to receive life from that flesh, we're only going to be able to give life from that flesh and it's not going to go anywhere. But if we make that choice to start receiving life from the Holy Spirit, choosing to receive life from Jesus and humble ourselves and make that change, that turnaround, we'll be able to give that life to other people. 
That's what it means to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We gotta remember, fruitfulness is a process. It's not gonna happen right away, but it's a process that starts with the source, with the decision to receive life from the Holy Spirit, with the decision to continue to invest in that life every single day, little by little, day by day. So come on, if you're here with us today and if, and if you haven't received life from the Holy Spirit and you haven't um, given your life to Jesus, but you know that doing it on your own hasn't resulted in anything and you're getting a little frustrated, like why? I just wanna experience more in life. Why can't I? I wanna encourage you that you can receive that life today. Jesus says that when we believe that he is the son of God who came to die on the cross for our sins, to give us forgiveness and redemption, and then he rose three days later from the grave to give us victory over that death and that sin, if we just believe that in our heart that that's who he is, that he is Lord, he is the son of God, and we make that decision to say it out loud, to say, God, I believe this is who you are. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Jesus, you are the son of God who died for my sins. Immediately, immediately you're saved and you receive that eternal life in the Holy Spirit. So come on, if that's you here today, I want to encourage you just to search your heart, believe it, speak it out loud. You can email us at info at lovecitychurch.ca and we'll get you going on the journey to continue receiving that life. And if you're here with us today and you're like, wow, I've made that decision to follow Jesus, but man, life is still tough. And it was kind of that one momentary, one year of being super joyful, but then you kind of went back into the old habits. You went back into old life and you're starting to experience that old acts of the flesh again. I want to encourage you that there's grace for you today. It's a choice we all have to make every single day to choose to receive and invest in the life of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're here today and you say, man, I wanna get back on track. I wanna continue to receive life from the Holy Spirit, to be changed from the inside out, to have this natural overflow of the fruit of the Spirit in my life and experience this life that God wants to give us and that we can experience, you can make that decision today to come back and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I've tried to do it on my own. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've pursued my flesh and I've invested in this life, but I wanna come back and invest in your life. There's grace for you today. But just remember, it's gotta go beyond today. It's gotta be in tomorrow and the next day and the next day in the little moments of every day where you just wanna go back to that flesh, be like, gotta make that conscious decision. No, 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 I know where the flesh leads. I'm gonna invest in eternal life in the Holy Spirit by choosing to follow him, by choosing to read my word, by choosing to be in community and all these things. So come on, as we, and today I wanna encourage you to pray where you're at today, invite the Holy Spirit into your life, receive life from him today and keep doing what you're doing to receive life from him and it's good. But come on, let me pray for you. Jesus, I just thank you so much for who you are, God that you are the God who loves us and who wants to give us life. You want us to experience love and joy and peace and all these crazy good things on the inside, God, but you also want to enable us to give that life to other people so our coworkers or our kids or our spouses can be blessed by the life that you are giving us on the inside, Lord God. So we just thank you. We praise you today, Lord God. And I pray for anybody watching today in the Spirit stirring in their heart. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll come and be with them. You'll give them the next step. You'll give them the courage to reach out. You'll give them the courage to find partnership, Lord Jesus. And you'll give them the courage to humble themselves and to receive life from you once again. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.